Right. I think this is it. Hang on. Yeah, I think this is it. Is it started? Yeah. All right. Now I'm going to climb up and not say things. Yeah. Did you ever feel so bad inside? Welcome to the Early Late Night Review Show. Thank you. That toe. <laughs> I've just led down to get my water and seen your oh, toe. it fell. Um, yeah. No, well, when I did the Yorkshire Three Peaks, because I've done two lots of Three Peaks as opposed to none. Very good. I uh, like just kept kicking like stones. I like, wasn't picking my feet up properly or something. Um, and basically, it went all black and nearly fell off, and I had to get Maria to remove it. Oh, I can't believe she even goes out with you still. That It's making me feel sick. Uh, yeah, well, she, I might I, have to get you to put shoes it. on. She loves it. She loves taking that shell. Anyway, so I think it's been impacted further down because it's grown in with a little bit of extra line across it. But that's growing out again, so soon <laughs> I'll have a normal toe. So, yeah. Like, it's the other foot where I don't have one. Yes, I know. <laughs> what the fuck? Feet make me feel sick anyway. Oh, I don't like feet. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, they're horrible. Anyway, so look, here comes a bus. Uh-huh. I'm being noise. And you know, so we're outside on your balcony in your new house in. Uh, do you want to say? Well, you don't have to say where it is. It's it's, it's in uh, the outskirts of Cambridge. The outskirts of Cambridge, yeah. Yeah, you're nearer into Cambridge than I thought. Hi, I say it's like so. I think it's like maybe a half hour walk to the train station, like forty five minute walk to the middle of town. Yeah, I love the way you measure everything in walks, like a pikey. I'm not a pikey, <laughs> like a healthy person. It's like well, yeah, walking's healthy, but just you probably need to get a car. I probably do need to get a car. Now you're here. And so let's make a parking space, as we've discovered. And then you can then you can whiz and meet me, see? Yeah, I've got a car. I've got a parking space underneath the building. It's amazing. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's nice. And it look, I've got a massive balcony here. It's like, how long do you reckon this balcony is? Hang on. It's tw- 20 metres? No, this is not 20 metres. There, there. 10 metres. 12 metres. No way. So there's people walking past listening to us talk. Look, there's a guy no doing a dog walk. He's just doing a dog. He's just doing the dog, mate. <laughs> Um, so uh, you haven't been on the podcast in ages. I've done a few episodes without you. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. It is my podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. fine. So what's going on with you? And well, because of the coronavirus, we have none of us have done comedy. Yeah. But I have a gig next week. Yeah, you do. Which I'm impressed. How did you do that? How did you organise it? Um, on the Comedy Collective, you know the Facebook mm, site. I need to get back on that. Uh, yes, you do. Well... Comedy Virgins, which you did, remember? Yeah, I saw it, but I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was a good night. They had like a proper DJ. They had, it was a nice setup. But here's the kicker, right? They started doing gigs again. Mm. So I applied for a gig. And when I went to book it, they were like, that's £10, please. So I was like, what? They're charging people to go to gigs. So hang on. There's a fucking massive JCB. I did. I told you. Telling a story, mate. This is Tell I don't know. This this happens all the time. It's basically there's no one outside, and so I'll be sitting working, and then a fucking monster truck comes past. If you go five minutes down there, it's because they're building stuff. They're building uh, more this day. Yes, yes, I'm aware of that. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Let me tell you how it works. Uh, there's a a machine for cleaning like big like industrial stuff wheels, and it's like three times the size of me. It's pretty cool. Oh, maybe we'll go look at it. Like, I, <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm seven. Yeah. <laughs> look at the big truck. Um, right, anyway, um, so Comedy Virgins, they were charging me a tenner to perform. So I was like, 
you're charging me to perform? <laughs> um, and so I went Wait, on, do you mean you're charging me as in me the performer or you're charging me, David <laughs> <Jimmy> Jackson? <laughs> um, well, no, so I um, went on Comedy Collective and I said, I don't want to dig the night out, so I'm not going to mention who, but they're charging a tenor to perform. This is not usual practice. This is outrageous. And the thread went, well, it's viral the wrong word, but it got like, hundreds of comments and it, it got a lot of traction. And ev- everyone in it was like, yeah, it's the cab, isn't it? It's comedy versions of the cab. And I was like, maybe. But, um, and ev- but then other people were like, went and looked at the gig and it was part on stage, part online. And even when you, even if you performed online, you only got one minute and it was still a bringer. So you had to have bring somebody else onto Zoom and you had to pay a tenner. How does anyone, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But how does anyone benefit from having a bringer on Zoom? Because the cover ain't making any money out of that. I, I don't know, maybe draw a Is crowd or something. But, yeah, but also, why the, why the fuck are you charging comedians? It's a bringer anyway, and then you're charging them a tenner as well. It's pay-to-play. It's the worst. I've never done pay-to-play in bands. I'm never going to do pay-to-play as a comedian. It's the biggest piss take. It's like, not only are you going to do something, and we're going to make a night around what you're doing, mm. your efforts, we're going to charge you for it. And the thing is, if it's good, you kind of do that anyway. Right, because you spend money at the place. Everyone's like, "Oh, there's a bucket. I'll chuck money in, even if I've performed. It's fine." Yeah, I right? put money back. And if it's like, if it's good, yeah. and you know, and I know someone's put effort into it. You know, let's. Big, I give money to Rudy. Well, I was say, big, big shout out to Rudy. Big right? shout out to Rudy <laughs> saving comedy. Yeah. Rudy at Healing Healing saving comedy. Uh, yeah. He is. He's the man. Although he hasn't got back to me, I'm not going to get booked. No, <laughs> and he hasn't got back to me either. But he liked my comment when I said, "Glad you're back." Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, how quickly can you uh, pump this out and then make sure Rudy? Hears yeah, it? yeah, I know. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like, well, I know you're putting effort and I know you're doing stuff. I, I just got the, the Comedy Virgins one. I just got an overly corporate vibe about it. Oh, it's so it's, it's corporate vibe. And I wasn't... I wasn't a, feel, also, I was, also, I was very wet. What? It was raining heavily. Oh, yeah, oh, yes. You, well, an umbrella would have sorted that out. I know. I'm wet on heterosexual, so... I like, I like, <laughs> I like the... Uh, I thought the MC was good. And I thought that the night in general was good. Obviously, they had Brendan on. Brendan yeah. from um, <laughs> uh, he's a very funny man. Oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. He, he makes me laugh the moment he gets to say. He, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, he's like, he's like a man. He's about remember when, was I was like say, remember when you Irishman. were a kid, right? Yeah. And you had one mate's dad who was funny. Y- that, yes, that guy. He's that, that guy. He's so Even funny. though your mate was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, would you shut up?" You were like, "Oh no, actually, he's pretty funny." And what makes me, what made me laugh about him is when he went on stage at Comedy Virgins, the DJ was playing. <laughs> the DJ was like, absolutely banging house. <laughs> and the thing was, instead of him being like, like to kind of heckle him because he was like this old guy, but he just joined in with it. Do you remember? <laughs> then he was like pointing to the crowd and he was going, "Yeah, to my homies. Yeah, to my homies." Um, he's he's one of my favourites. He's, he's a very funny chap. Yes. Anyway, so I have a yes, I have a gig on Wednesday, and um, I don't know. I feel like I've forgotten everything. I'm like, I'd, anyway. Yeah, but you had some funny ideas, which I made a shitload better on that Zoom call the other night. So you know, uh, we'll, we'll kill him on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, it's the opening. My opening's do. Oh look, here's another, uh, no, another there's JCB. Another... Hang on a minute. Can you just turn the engine down a bit, mate? Just go around the bypass. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, that is a quintessential construction worker. Did you see him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's round. Uh, even though he's got a hard hat on, I can tell that he's bald. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like he would wear have a Union Jack tattoo somewhere. I thought he looked Polish. 
Maybe. Or maybe the, he could do. He's maybe just well assimilated. The <laughs> <laughs> well, the Polish Polish workers do look a lot like the British workers. Uh, yeah. 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 But uh, they work for less, which is why they, <laughs> which is why they've infiltrated the building industry and driven down, driven down their salaries. Uh, yeah, and that's the free market. It is a free market, but that's what also why uh, freedom of movement doesn't always work, because it really has decimated the building industry to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad worked in the building industry. I know all this business. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm not being, I'm not in any way being racist. I think po- Polish people are great. Polish beer is great. I think um, when Polish people come into like Finch Central, for example, and they and, and they went, give you beer, and it, then they're great. <laughs> no, and it went very Polish. I, I didn't really have a problem with that. Well, it's, no, I mean, I, we're fine. On, as, as you know, I'm I'm from Tory, which is like now I think like ninety percent Polish. Yeah, little Poland, right? It, well, yeah. well, Torski. Um, yeah, yes. Is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's, Tor- it's Torski now. It is. Uh, yeah. Um, so literally, uh, it, it's like it's all, all, all the shops are Polish. It's all it's all scleps. But the thing I like, I think I probably said to you before. The thing I noticed is just about the time that happened, you could go there during the middle of the day and get a parking space where you never could before. You know why? Because the people that live there are out at work, which they never were before. Yeah, it went from being like yeah. DOS Central to oh, hardworking immigrant Central. Which one of these things is better? Yeah, exactly. I've got no. Pro- I'm not. I'm not saying I've got any. Problem How long with you been out of work for there, Jim? <laughs> yeah, five months. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm not saying that I've got any problem with. Well, it uh, sounds Polish, like you are. I don't immigration at all. I don't, I don't you have to look. You have to look at the realities of how freedom yeah. of labour uh, affects people. Free, yeah, of course, movement it does. affects people. But like, no. So, and you know, as good and bad. That's what. Yeah. I'm no. As because um, you're living with an immigrant who's come over here and she's now a surgeon. Yeah. So. She, yeah she's well. She was a surgeon before she came over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but a Greek surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck's that? Yeah. Well, you might live. You might die. <laughs> yeah. Try the Zach Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here all week. The calamari's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but the thing that always gets me is there's like, you know, there are winners and losers and everything. What's It's called creative destruction, isn't it? The thing I always think about is like 10, 15 years ago, taxi driver was a well-paid job for like big fat racists and now, they li- <laughs> and now they literally have lost their jobs to immigrants undercutting them is it they're the ones who saw this coming <laughs> you're right you're totally right <laughs> they've been more about it for you and actually half of them yeah. they're, they're right exactly and i don't know whether that i don't know necessarily whether it's good or bad because right the big thing these days is everyone's going to lose their job from technology there's going to be a mm. massive job loss from technology mm. i don't believe it for a second and i've been arguing this because this is what they said in the 50s and the 60s right they said that fucking robots would be cleaning our houses and stuff like that what, what did you just see when you came in what did i just and see? ask about what appliance i've got it's that robot that cleans my house <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a fucking robot hoover <laughs> yeah no one's that's not stealing a cleaner's job is it i mean no i don't i don't think so i don't think so but it's like every time technology is brought in, that was my job for years, is bringing technology into companies. It was introducing systems for, and one of the business cases was always, we're going to get rid of FTE and this is going to save a load of money. Always. Never happened. Any project ever. Because what happens is, when you, you bring... You get a bad project manager on it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but you, when you bring in a system, it needs other people to run it to get information out of it, mm. to use it. and, it, and, yeah, so and also some they, people lose out and some people get. Yeah, but I don't even think people lose out because I've never seen a recruitment system or an HR system or an uh, operational management system which has ever been able to remove FTE. Workday removed a lot of people at a company. Also, the fact we keep losing loads of customers, so the company's well, that, downsizing prob- greatly. Well, that's probably no, but it downsizing. I mean, no, the, the reason uh, I can actually tell you Workday is the reason I'm, I'm down here. 
because we were able to cut FTE in my old job, but then there was a job going down here. Yes, now they cut to FTE when we introduced my HR, and the thing is, they needed those people. Or they just cut them anyway. The system didn't pick up any slack. Mm. It was like part of the business case, so that's what happened. Mm. It, it's And I guarantee you with Workday, no one's gone, God, my work's halved. It doesn't happen. Your no, work is... Exactly. You just do different stuff. It's exactly. Not it's so, so the idea is more uh, the jobs are now higher level jobs. Blah, 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 blah. I don't even think it's higher level jobs. I think it's all a fallacy. It's like a kind of weird lie that we all tell ourselves that, hey... Wait, like the salesman will come in. You get rid of, you can get rid of five FTE with this, and everyone's like, "Yeah, cool." And it's like, but you can't. And the system isn't going to be the answer to your dreams. And it's like people think that technology is going to steal people's jobs. You know, like um, self checkouts and stuff. Yeah, they're going to steal people's jobs. And it's like, well, I'm not going to steal my job. Don't work in a supermarket. <laughs> there was a, re- I had a really good yeah. reason the other day why self checkouts haven't stolen anyone's jobs, and I can't remember the reason. I feel like they probably have. <laughs> I don't think they have. Because then you need other people to install them. You need engineers. And it might... Yeah, but that's a different job. Yes, but it might take... Okay, it might take shitty menial jobs of being on a checkout away from Tesco's, but then it's adding shitty menial jobs to yes. the people who build those machines. That's what I'm saying. So you could you could say, arguably, even though I don't think this is true, it does take jobs from one company, but it just replaces them with another company. Like in the economy, jobs aren't going. And the theory is that jobs are going to go in the economy. I don't think that's the case. Well, my concern is everyone's like, we working from home, isn't it a laugh? Right. Well, if everyone figures you don't need to be in the office, why do they need to pay UK wages for your job? Why don't they just pay Indian wages or Polish wages to people in India or Poland? Oh, yeah, because you're offshoring, aren't you? Yeah. You're essentially offshoring yeah. domestically. Yeah. So why am I going to pay you, uh, you know, when I can pay somebody 25% of the, to do the job just as well? I think, that, I think that's a bigger concern. Everyone, everyone suddenly realised, oh, we, if we, and by the way, we do need people to be together. It's working yeah, remotely is much worse. Yeah. Right? But it's what's in the, in the long term, it's much worse. People yeah. are like, hmm, this is great for everyone. But you're all going to just piss off and get a job somewhere else. This is, I love the way everyone keeps walking past, checking us out. The, the, uh, what we should do, right, we need to do this again, but have a big banner that says Radio 1 Roadshow. Right? <laughs> or, or, you know what? I, you know what do I, we still have the Radio 1 Roadshow? <laughs> they don't, do they? <laughs> Probably not. No. I was like, last time it was Bruno Brooks in 91. Uh, um, I am the hairy cornflake. What? Uh, Dave Lee Travis, that was his nickname, the hairy cornflake. Oh, was it? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. The old DLT. Yeah. Um, there is a podcast called Podcast But Outside, and what they do is they go outside and someone films them from a distance, or they'll sit on a beach or something like that, and they just have a sign which says, they have a th- so it's two people and they have a third mic, and it just says, be our podcast guest, and then people come up and just talk to them for 10 minutes. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so maybe we could just... Yeah, maybe I could invite local children that have been coming past up to my house. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark's Clifford Staley. Right, so here's the deal. If someone walks past and stops and goes, what are you doing? We'll say, we're doing a podcast. Do you want to be a guest? Yes, yeah, so I agree with that. Because we've got a third mic, so yeah. uh, all right. So uh, just on, on that, as we're saying, as you can see, I've got school over there, which hasn't been a problem yet because it's the summer holidays, right? That's going to be loud. Well, no, I, I don't care, June. But what I am concerned about, right, is obviously I'm going to want to sit on the sit in the balcony here. It's very nice. But literally, all the kids are going to be like, "Oh, you're that pedo." I'm definitely going to get called a pedo. Yeah, I tell by you kids. what, they, kids, kids love calling you pedos. <laughs> kids, and, and, kids and love I'm, calling I'm, defi- I'm definitely going to be called the local pedo because your house is here, and they're going to be able to see you, and then they're going to be looking out the windows, bored and stuff uh, during lessons. They're mm-hmm. definitely going to see you, and they'll be like, "There's that weird beardy guy." Who well, I'll shave, I'll show them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll be like, there's that weird no beardy guy. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> There's another bus to Trumpington. I do feel like we're in a... Trumpington feels like... Is it Trumpton that made up? Yeah, Trumpington is made up. Yeah, yeah so Trumpington feels made up. No, so Trumpington is Trumpington actually... Park and Ride. No, it's, 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 no, it's very old. It's, I checked out. As you would always bang on about Barnet, it's in the Doomsday Book. Is Barnet in the Doomsday Book? How would I know that unless you <laughs> told me that? I don't know. Barnet, it's always fucking in the Doomsday Book, mate. You did this for years. I must... That fact fell out of my head. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah no, it was something like there are 20 people on 60 hogs. Or so, you know, that was the... Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, there's real... Like I say, 10 minutes over there. Real. So, what would have been a little village, and then I think they basically build a... I can't put this in London terms, but I would say, like, an, an estate off of it. Not like an... Not, so, it would have been council housing, but quite nice council housing, I think, right? Yeah, and it's obviously been bought now, right? Yeah, it has um, so, it, so, that feels a little bit tight, and then they've just bolted this bit on, which is clearly for the hospital and the science park, as I say. Yeah. Hey, here comes some people. Maybe we'll get a guest. Oh, no, look, I feel like a bit of an idiot now. They, they, they look young and cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not inviting anyone young and cool up, Jamie. Look, they're going to call us names. They're going to call us pedos. <laughs> it's all well and good for you. I have to stay here. Yeah, quick, say something. They look like they're from Hollyoaks or something. Quick, say something. <laughs> I don't know say something cool. Uh, so then I bought the Lambo. All right. Did you take that to the Radio 1 Roadshow? <laughs> <laughs> Are they looking? Are they looking? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> hey... <laughs> they all look like um, uh, they all look like uh, you know, like if you had an advert for Clearasil. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah, um, my favourite uh, advert for like that, nineteen when year olds. Yeah, cool. when, I, when I was a kid, and like before, I needed Clearasil, and boy, did I ever need Clearasil as a teen. But there was one for clean and clear. And it had all like these identifiable teens talking about like, how, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, you use it and it's great and it fits into my everyday life. And the line I always uh, remember is one of them goes, yeah, it's just like driving a car. You've got to stay in control. And I've just, even as like a 12 year old, I was like, what a load of like trying to be relatable bollocks. No one would ever say fucking keeping my skin clear is like, tr- like learning to drive a car. Yeah, but they're 17 and trying to learn to yeah, drive a car, I, I know, man. I know, but it's just, yeah. oh, it's stuck in my head. It's that bad from 30 years ago or yeah. and then one of them said it's too orangey for crows <laughs> <laughs> that advert is so racist yeah it is. if you look back at it it's so racist but you know it's got a fun theme tune on and it was a cartoon yeah it was cartoon racism uh what was i gonna say yeah i had a dream last night about um this podcast being called upside down toast so it's got to now be called upside down toast <laughs> So I'm I'm just crowbarring this uh, in now. All right, okay. Upside down toast because I had a dream. Like I had a dream that um I had a pod- I had a radio show called Feelings for Alcatraz. Feelings for Alcatraz. Yeah. It you know I know obviously it's based on Alcatraz, but it sounds more like Flowers for Algernon. What's that? It's a book about a guy who is trapped in Alcatraz. No, he's developmentally disabled. Also he's a low, low IQ. He signs up for some scientific experiment, and it like drastically increases his IQ like over time. So you get basically get to see him getting smarter and smarter and smarter, but it's temporary. So it goes then it's going back, and you see him like sliding back into knowing he's going to go back to what he was, and like knowing what that is and stuff. I, I read oh, it in school. Cool. It's quite yeah. It was it was. I can't remember if it was actually good or not. Read in school, but it was. Uh, it was I, a cool I, I think it was good. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a cool concept. What's it called? Flowers for Algernon. Flowers for Algernon. Yeah. Is that his name? I maybe. 
I don't know. Maybe Algernon's like a cat that he likes when he Maybe. spars because they fucking, <laughs> they, 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 they fucking love petting a little. <laughs> Ooh, a nice cat. Ooh. I'm sorry. I, don't, I just said that for shock value. That's not I nice. Know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's all right. It's all jokes, isn't it? It's all I know, but jokes. I even felt bad about it. Well, this is the whole thing about cancel culture and all of that. 90% of the time, it's just fucking people making jokes. Just having a laugh, like stop taking it seriously. You Some, can't even assault a spars nowadays. Some, somebody, <laughs> right? So somebody had written "Black Lives Matter," and somebody had changed the graffiti to put an O in front of "lives," so it says "Black Olives Matter." <laughs> like, yeah, which is a funny, which is funny, isn't it? Yes, a, it is. And an MP on Twitter was really angry, going, "Look at this disgusting vandalism of uh, an important message." Blah, blah, blah. And it's like it, no one is. It's not like some school day in. White Lives Matter. No yeah. one's but yeah, so, 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 Someone's a, made it funnier. It's just a laugh. Which is the job for everything to make it funnier. Exactly. It's just, they're just having a laugh. I was like, don't yeah. take it so seriously. It's like, the only thing that British people do well is be funny and sarky and stuff. It's not a political slogan to trump the other slogan. Well, I think you'll find we've also got a world-beating science industry. I don't... Why? <laughs> uh, do we? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, science stuff happens here. I do find it right amusing. fucking here, Cambridge. Yes, it does. Cambridge, Cambridge is the smartest city in Britain, for sure. And the thing that... Well, that's irony, why they made a big pitch to get me here. The, oh, well, the irony <laughs> of you living here is it's also the uh, most bicycle... <laughs> dense place in Britain it it's is. like everybody has a bike they it, do. and you can't ride a bike which is and, the I, need, I need to learn does Maria know you can't ride a bike yeah what was her reaction I, I can't remember obviously I'm, I'm, you know you've got to mention that like second third date you know what I mean it's, it's gonna <laughs> how do you mention do you take the piss out of yourself for it Obviously. <laughs> You're not really oh, proud of it. We'll get you one of those fucking bikes. Those Mel, <laughs> German Mel bikes. <laughs> what am I? I've got a fucking lefty. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm saving the environment. You know what I did? I went to Scotland last weekend, which was, one, was amazing. Um, I had a really nice Where'd time. Where'd you go? You go see your family? Is that the, or just go for I a I went holiday? to see Davina's uh, family. Her brother lives in Ayrshire. Okay. Just outside Glasgow. I mean, I don't know if you'd uh, nice time. Lots of Ayrshire is quite a hole. No, it was where we where we were. The whole place of where we were was beautiful. Right. So you did not go into Kilmarnock. No. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, also uh, we went to the beach. Did what? Well, I think I sent a video of me going in the sea. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it was uh, that was absolutely gorgeous. We went on a anyway. The reason why I'm saying this well, is... when I was a little kid, I went to Butlins at Air, so I've probably been in that beach. They've oh, got well, uh, Wonder West World. Well, I went. To, I was at the beach, and I said to Davina's brother, "This is lovely," and he said, "This isn't even the nice beach." Why didn't you take me to the next speech? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take you to the shit one, mate. You're not worth the nice one. Um, his girlfriend is really into fitness, so I was talking to her about working out and things like that. And I was saying about how I um, love bike riding, but I don't really do it much. And she said, oh, we'll get the bikes out tomorrow and we'll go for a ride. And anyway, on that Saturday morning, we went for a bike ride. She absolutely beasted the fuck out of me because it was uh, a mountain bike kind of range that we went over and it was man my legs were on fire but it was am- it was actually amazing and I think the reason why I'm saying this is learn to ride a bike because it's magical uh, I suspect I get the same feeling from running no it's completely different yeah but you can't run any distance yes but I have run you haven't ridden a bike you know running's running's great but it's like saying oh, I already wanked so there's no point having sex so cycling is the sex to running's wanking that's what you're telling me <laughs> no I don't know but what the hell's getting in a car Oh, I'm talking so about like an orgy. I watched um, I watched a, do- uh, a documentary about incels last night. Okay, incels fascinate me. I am I am. So you remember Elliot Roger? 
Yes, the, they, the guy who killed yes. all the people in yes. California. Well, he's now a like the kind of pinup for the scene. Well, you know, he um, like put his manif- sent his manifesto out. Yeah, I read the whole thing. <laughs> what was it like? I read the whole thing. Obviously, it's self pitying nonsense, right? Yeah. And some of the, so it's basically he goes through his whole life a lot of it. And like the the, the bit that I remember I stand out, that stands out to me is like so he's like when I was three I was doing this when I was four I did this and it was the happiest time of my life. You can't remember what you were doing when you were four. Are you mental? I can. But you don't remember if it was specifically the happy. No, you, remember, you remember a day. Yes, good point. You don't you, remember you me- what you were doing. You, rem- you remember a thing that happened when you were four, but yeah. you don't remember your life when you were four. Yeah. He's a good looking I guy as well. I don't understand how he didn't get laid. Well, because he was really lame. Yeah, he was. He was weird and inside his own head and didn't know how to talk to people. Um, I do remember actually reading it and obviously reading his point of view and thinking, oh, mate. Those women do deserve to die. No, no, no. I'm thinking from his point of view, there wasn't any way out of this. So it's not like, oh, just just fuck up and get better. No, there is is a way out. I bet for the way he was thinking about it, you know what I mean? Obviously there's a way out. But he was, I think he was like quite heavily autistic, if I remember. So it was was going to be difficult for him. uh, That is why, look, going down mental cul-de-sacs and having nowhere to go, that's where a lot of people end up. And that's why a lot of people commit suicide because they actually think there is no way out of this. This is, there's only one ending. And when, of course, that isn't the case. Well, there is only one ending. <laughs> well, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but, the, but I mean, that isn't the case for most, for, for most people in the sense that suicide or mass murder or getting a gun and killing people is the way to go because... Don't knock it till you've tried it. Well, I could see why people do it. They feel disempowered and so they're like, I'm hmm. taking the fucking power back. But the reason why I'm saying this is it made me realise that the game is the fucking... This is the, I just watched the whole thing with Davina and I was going, why don't these people just do the game? Fucking idiots. Just do the game. Oh, that thing. I the game, not the prostitute thing. Not the, not the actually pretty good Michael Douglas film from the late late days. Uh, and not the rapper either. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about the game as in um, seduction, working out how to chat to women, bettering yourself and all yeah, of that. No. It's, such, it's such a... People think that that is misogynist. One of the key tenets to the game is don't hate women, love women. If you go out with the mentality of hating women and you want to score... Don't hate the player, but also don't hate the game. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're doing the game. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hate anything. Just, it, was just, about, it was about loving the company of women and... Uh, well, maybe not respecting women, but it was, it was about... <laughs> if you hate women, then you're not going to score. But it was also, if you are uninteresting, you're not going to score. So go go make yourself interesting. You if you, to, so if to, you dress badly, so you're not I, score. I never read this, right? Well, it's not, it's not, I, I it's never, not, it's not you, a book. No, no, no. But I mean, I've never, I was never, I've never done anything with it, is what I mean. But to me, what you need is a sellable package and then the balls to sell it. That's the two things. You need a product and you need to be a salesman well, for that Well, you're talking product. about yourself and yeah. scoring, yeah. Yeah. You need, you need a product, you need to be able to sell your product. Yeah, the better product you've got, the easier it is to sell. The better salesman you are, the more you're going to make of your product. Uh, you, you've turned it into a kind of corporate speak, and it stresses me out because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, because I'm really but for the true. game because it's, it, it's self-help for young men. That's what it is. So all these young men who are going around with guns, killing people, and school shootings, and, and incels. Tons of them. Uh, they <laughs> happened in America all the time. There was that three that happened in a row, didn't they? Uh, uh, three in a week or something that happened, and it was all. Every single one of them was a nerdy guy, nerdy gamer guy with like, like glasses. Everyone knows that nerds wear glasses. Um, <laughs> uh, who basically hadn't got laid and stuff like that. So they weren't necessarily incels, but they were emasculated men. Yeah. Uh, and the game is all practice. It's like, it's no, it's, there's theory to it, but it's like you go out there and get rejected. It's like there was this, in, the incel guy was going, he 
uh, catfishes girls. You post a picture of a male model on Tinder. I never understand the point of that. Where, where are you getting to? Yes, exactly. And then he What's goes. Your end game? And then he and then he confronts them and goes, "Ah, you shallow bitch! It's me. It's not the male model." Oh, right. Yeah. So he's doing it to upset the women. Okay. And then he posts the plane. Then he posts the um, results of his catfishing on incel forums. Everyone's like, "Yeah, showing. Yeah, you're showing those bitches." And he's like. They're like, but why are you doing this? He's like, well, the, because of the way they're behaving. And it's like, what? They're attracted to attractive to, 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 people. Yeah. What are you talking about? Why don't about? you just work harder at becoming an attractive exactly, person? Exactly. Exactly. It's just a way of going, I don't want to be responsible for my own yes. life. Blaming other people. It's the like moment you, you blame understand. anyone for anything is you're disempowering yourself. Yeah. And the blame gets so bad that you start thinking, it's like fucking, I know we always got to hit up with these archetypes, but it's like, well, it's good, good advice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, <laughs> hell, are we going? <laughs> the, 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 whole, the whole thing, though, with uh, Nazism and... <laughs> And Hitler was that it was built on the premise of blame. It's everybody's fault but us. We need to clean everything. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just built on, and blame is the most fucking beta, fucking whatever terminology you want to use out there. Because what, it's, what you're basically doing is you're going, it disempowers you. You're basically going, it's someone else's fault. It's not the reason why the country shit is someone else's fault. It's like blaming immigrants. It's like blaming. Anyway. The long and the short of it is, things happen to you in your life aren't necessarily your responsibility. You're not necessarily responsible for the things that happen in your life, but you are responsible for dealing with them. Yes. This guy who was catfishing the uh, women, he was like, well, I've been rejected like a hundred times by women. And it's like, one of the things in the game is it's called the newbie challenge and you go out and speak to a hundred women in one day in the street to get rejected a hundred times. Because it's like, you've got to desensitise yourself to get rejected. Mm. There were some guys who'd got better. Because I, I was saying to Davina... Why don't they just start doing things like fucking lift weights? That's immediately going to improve your mm. confidence and your looks. Well, partially because, you know, they'll be intimidated of going to a gym or, I don't know, you can do it at they home can, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, no. But you know what I mean? It, it, like, well, I, I'm not saying you can't do it, it, but it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, there, there are people who come up with excuses to, for, for anything. I don't so, know any, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and anyway, so this there was this Irish guy on there and he was doing clean and snatch and deadlifts and stuff and... Davina went, oh, he, this guy lifts. And I was like, yeah, fair play. And I was thinking, oh, okay. And then when you talk to him, he lifts because he used to be an incel and now he's come out of it and now he's self-improving. And he was talking about... He got clean and now he's getting some snatch. Nice. He <laughs> <laughs> nice. got clean, stop being a jerk and now he's getting some snatch. Oh, this maybe this podcast should be called Clean and Snatch. No, it's going to be called Upside Down Toast. End of story. Um, the point is, he started self-improving but he said in the community, on the, all the forums and stuff, there's a thing called lay down and rot. That's a thing that incels do. They just lay down and play computer games and sit on their phones, whatever, and just rot. They actually mm. call it lay down and rot. And it's such a fucking self-defeated thing. They're like, the world's against me, so just lay down and rot. So it's not even saying, go out and help yourself. It's saying, mm. you know, get to the point. And if you lay down and What's rot... What's the point? Because you're just going to lose. Yeah, and then you feel shitter and then you mm. look shitter. And so it does culminate in getting a gun and... Because there was that guy after Elliot Rogers who... Elliot Roger. Elliot Roger. Uh, there was a guy who drove his car through the crowd of women. How do you know it's a crowd of women? Where did, where did women well, congregate? It was, most, it was mostly women. It was mostly women. I Women's think toilet. Was, I might have been outside of sorority or something. I don't know. Yeah, but those game-playing bitches deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> game-playing bitches? I forgot about that. Al had the whole thing that all women were game-playing bitches. <laughs> game-playing... I went, to be fair to Al though, I went through a period of hating women. After I split up with Emily, I didn't score or touch a woman for two years. I could have gone down the incel. Not even on the tube. 
oh yeah, I like molested some. <laughs> but that's not touching, is it? <laughs> yeah. That's not real touching. Um, that's like a wank to sex, isn't it? It's it's about not taking responsibility for making yourself better, and then when you do, everything gets a bit better. Because all anger is self-anger, and all hate is self-hate. Because you're just not happy with yourself. You're not, you're frustrated about your own. I find I get annoyed at home when I feel like I haven't done enough work, like writing and um, video editing and things like that. I get annoyed with the kids interrupting me and Davina interrupting me. But really, I'm just annoyed at myself because I haven't fucking knuckled down and got on with it. Mm. But it's like I'm just blaming other people. It's like you've got to be so careful to blame it. But anyway, how, what was the longest period you had between when you first scored, like when you were a kid, well, not when you were a kid, but you know, when you were, when you were whatever period. So when you were sexually active, what, what was your longest like, drought? Basically all the time at uni. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, but after that, because um, I, I went two years and then I met a girl in a pub and just got uh, off with her and that kind of was the beginning of the drought ending I don't I don't think I certainly because you were you were redacted uh, yeah, redacted I certainly don't think since, since getting with redacted when I was like 19 or whatever it was I've definitely never gone more than three months without having sex Um, I, I, I doubt I've gone more than two wow that's good I mean I've been in lots of long term relationships I've had lots of regular sex and, and lots of you know touching cuddling and that kind of stuff which is all important but i did go two years without anything and it and it did get to the point where it was starting to drive me mad and i was starting to get angry because i was like not particularly bad looking not particularly out of shape and i and i was just like why the fuck is this not happening but then when i look back at it it was also my mindset i remember being in a club we i remember being in um, the camden underworld once and me and this girl were looking at each other for like five ten minutes and then she walked up to me and she brushed her hand over my face you know like down my cheek and jawline and everything and that's that's a fairly strong signal uh, it's a fairly strong signal and then she walked off and as she walked off i didn't follow her she wanted me to follow her yeah. and i didn't because i was like oh i don't know what to do now it's like how, how what do you expect me to say exactly exactly it's like well it's like that time we, again we were talking about our when he went away with that girl and she came and sat with him on the bed and all that and then he was like what our went out with a girl once this story already sounds dubious no, he brought, he brought to, to reading or something don't you remember i might not have been there oh you might have been but no one remembers <laughs> And anyway, the long and the short of it was she got back in contact a few years later and then the story is, if Al ever listens to this, he won't. He could clarify. I think he went away with her or something, her and someone else. And anyway, he was in his room, his hotel room, and she came in and sat on the edge of the bed with him and talked to him and stuff. And then she walked off and then he was emailing us. So this was in the time of email before WhatsApp going, fucking game playing bitch, <laughs> came in and just sat on the edge of the bed and then blah, blah, blah. And, then do it. and I was like, she's invited you away. She's coming to your room. And she, she sat, sat on, on your bed. Room. Your job is to do something yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is what women do. They create an open goal, but the man has to fucking yeah, you put have the to, ball they, in. What they want to be... You're <laughs> <laughs> not with a boy. You're doing it wrong. Um, no, you. They, they want to be... I, I was going to say pounced upon. That's not that. that. <laughs> Conquered. <laughs> no. I know what you mean. A it's your, jo- you've got it's a, your job you, as a man you've, you've to close a, the, the deal. Yeah, you, they, they want to feel like, oh, look at the manly man. Yes, you know. that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a I'm a womanly woman. But that is absolutely true. And I mean, that's where people can get in a lot of trouble for inappropriate behaviour. Not, not reading the signs. Because you, because you uh, literally, I, you know, you thought this yeah. was the sign and you're getting it wrong. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, well, not never do that. Because if you never do that, you're going to you have a pretty sad, lonely life. Yeah. You know, like, ooh, may I kiss you now, madam? I can't imagine anything 
giving women the opposite of whatever a female boner is. <laughs> yeah, then, a wide on. A uh, <laughs> wide on. Yeah. Um, so you got a wide on, then someone says, do I have permission to touch your leg? It's like, yeah. oh, oh, God. No, I mean, Passion like, killer. It's, yeah, it must be all like, oh, my God, he's now touching my leg. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just imagining what it'd be like to be a woman and have a man touch my leg. I'm just saying it would be amazing. Yeah. Right? I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm sweating a bit. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'll never experience it, Jamie. I feel so strong in his manly arms. Yeah. Uh, so safe. <laughs> Um, but yes, exactly. And so I was like, mate, I mean, I've had three that I can think of for definite women um, say to me, <laughs> for definite women, say like, to me, can I, can I women. share a bed with you or can you, or we just share a bed or something. And sometimes also kind of say, but nothing's going to happen. And every time I've shared a bed with them, something's happened because they've, b- yeah. because they don't invite a man into their yeah, bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they feel like, they, yeah, the, the dance is that you have to conquer me yes right? that's the thing yeah, yeah. Like, I'll, they, let, they, I'll let yeah. you con- i'll let you conquer me but you have to conquer me yeah. yeah and conquer sounds like a sexist word but i don't give a fuck that is how that is how it works yeah well, uh, i mean sometimes women but again don't forward. get it wrong and as soon as someone says no it's not okay yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we're, we're, we're not endorsing sexual assault in exactly. all circumstances exactly it doesn't mean that when a woman says yes you can crash over at mine because you've got nowhere to stay tonight doesn't mean you no, say no, have no, sex no, 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 no. there are very specific circumstances which need to be tailored to every single yeah and it, and it is about reading those circumstances, understanding mm. and reading those circumstances. And again, going back to Elliot Roger, when you're autistic, that must be fucking impossible. Yeah, it must be really hard. Well, they had another guy, another Asperger's guy on there as well. And he was talking about, he was less hateful, but he was talking about how it's very difficult because he's uh, got the traits of Asperger's. But one of the things he was doing was it was some, it was some men trying to improve themselves. He was kept on going out to pubs and things like that. And he says, even if you're alone... To be in that environment, you're, you're still in that environment, that social environment, mm. and that's good for me. Mm. So he was like, you know, he was trying. Yeah, we're all we're all dealt certain cards, and you can only make it the, the best you can, you know? Well, the guy... The guy no, one, no one's perfect. The guy who catfishes, he was like, if I look like this male model in the picture, I'd have, I wouldn't even have to try. I'd get women, women would be approaching me, they'd be coming around to my house. And he's like, yes, yes <laughs> I know, it's called life. Get used to it, mate. Uh, I watched a film with Hugh Grant the other day, at, when he's older... I think one of the reasons Hugh Grant isn't a particularly good-looking guy, but he's charming, and he's—and I know it sounds silly, but it does matter in terms of attraction for women. He's a good size. He's like about—he's about six six one. He's quite broad. You know, he's—he's a good—he's got—he's got a good physique that women like because he's a certain size. Now, being just under five ten and skinny and slim, your body shape, your general body shape, really does play into attraction. What well, yours does. <laughs> As, as, some, as someone who's six foot yeah. a bit broader. Yeah, <laughs> definitely six foot. Definitely six Mate, foot. I'm 181 centimetres. Six foot is 182. You round it off. You don't round it up. You never round up your height. But so in centimetres, I'm 181 centimetres. So in inches, what is the nearest inch I am? It's six foot. Well, I'm less than a centimetre of 5'10". I'm, I'm half a centimetre of 5'10". But well, I then s- you're 5'10". No, but I don't say I'm 5'10". I say I'm just under 5'10". That's what I say. So why don't you say I'm just under six foot? Well, because it takes too much time. I'm all about efficiency. Uh, uh, of course you are. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you've got a product, you've got a pro- yeah. I've got to sell that product. Sell that product. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to say this product is shit. So I, I was thinking about you know how like on Tinder and stuff you'll see you know like women will have must be six foot right because as we've discussed before heightism is like the last bastion of acceptable um, discrimination but the equivalent of that in countries that use the metric system so pretty much every other country 
is 180 centimetres. So the cutoff line for what's acceptable is actually two centimetres less, <laughs> right? So I think if you're like 180, 181 centimetres tall, right, and are not, or willing to pretend to be that height, as I was definitely six foot on Tinder, just go to continental Europe, right? You're, you you go from the out pile to the in pile. Yeah, that's, if you can't, that's where you need to tell the intels. If you can't score, go somewhere where the metric system is. That's America's problem. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Go, uh, you know, and if, if, if a fight is a problem, fucking go live in the Philippines. You're probably going to be taller than most go, of those yeah, guys. Yeah, go live in India. Yeah. Like Kenya. Men are short in Kenya. I was quite surprised, apart from the Maasai. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite surprised about how short all everyone in Kenya is. I, I, I've got a mate who's like, uh, I, he must be about six six one. He worked in the Philippines for a while, right? And I was like, mate, is it like a tall, like, European guy? It must have been amazing for you. He was like, yeah. <laughs> If you like shagging Filipino women. Well, he likes shagging Filipino men because he's gay. Oh, is he? Yeah. He now okay. is a Filipino husband. Okay, so he's into it then. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah. Because I am not, I don't, uh, someone called me racist for this. I am not attracted to um, oriental women. Yeah, so that's, a, that's a, again, in, saying like height is allowable. In general. Right? But if you and your, uh, yeah, I'm the same. So I would say East Asian women. Is how I would do. Uh, East Asia uh, is probably the more. And I'm not saying there's no one. Yeah, it's like I'm not saying there aren't attractive women in there because like there's at least half a billion women in China, right? I yeah. bet there's a, a yeah. there are tons of really fit women and even more who would have nothing to do with me. But I, I agree that would be my. It's weird that you. It's weird though that even though we're talking about it, it feels like we're being racist. But you're not. You're just you talking like about certain things about. You're just talking about people. what you yeah. find attractive, as we discussed on the podcast with. The dominatrix. Mm. That guy was obsessed with women pissing on him because his first experience of seeing a, a woman sexually was his French babysitter who w- pissed with the door open, mm. and he saw her, and then she just went, "Now you know," and slammed the door in his face, <laughs> which, is, which is which does sound sexy. Yeah, the idea of a French woman saying "Now you know" and slamming the door makes me want to knock one out. Yes, exactly. So that's imprint- piss or no piss. So he must have been about uh, eight or something at that point. That's imprinted on him, and then so suddenly now he's into into piss. Yeah. Um, and I think- thank God that didn't happen. It was such a messy life. Yeah, I'm so as we discussed on that podcast. I'm so glad I'm not into anything too weird. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having kinks. God, no. I think it's great. If you can find an, a, a partner and express that with them, wicked. But I do, I do think it's weird. So, like, you know those people, like, you know, uh, like the inflatable rubber suits that they fill up with? Oh, like, oh yeah. It's Fuck like, that. I can't understand how Fuck. that is. How is that better than just, like, well, I was, well, watching I was, some normal porn and knocking one out? Yeah, I was talking to Davina about it? this. Uh, and we, she said no. <laughs> no. We both said, I've never understood latex, the whole latex fetish. Like, I understand skirts and, yeah. and stockings and heels because mm. all of that is in real life but latex doesn't it's like oh, oh. well no I think like a, I mean I can imagine like you know like fucking tight leather trousers latex or skirt or something I can imagine that yeah but you know people are like obsessed with latex yeah. I don't get it but no anyway, like a full body gimp suit or whatever I don't yeah. get what you're doing I don't well there's some there's Types of humiliation, aren't there? I mean, I do understand the, the right. Sex is all about power, so I do understand. What's that? What's that quote? Everything is about sex, except for sex. That's about power. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's an Oscar Wilde. Yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's, it's Oscar Wilde. Didn't know that. Yeah, he probably came up with that in jail because, like, you know, who's sex, on top sex is the most powerful one. Power, yeah. <laughs> Went to jail for being gay. Reading prison. Mm. What's the difference between jail and prison? I don't hear nothing, but I think in America, like, the jail is, like, the, the bit The county where, jail. Yeah, it's a bit like where you're locked up while, like... Remember, like, in The Bill, right? Remember The Bill? Yeah. Right? When, like, do they'd do have do the... Do 
Diddle do, boing. That's the bell. No, Yeah. Anyway, um, remember they would have people in their little cells there, like in the police station. Yeah, but that's in custody. That's yeah, no, jail. But I, no, but I think that's what Americans call jail. No, because you get an actual, you actually, you get an actual prison, big prison, mm. and that's county jail. I think you got state prison, county jail. So I think if you go to state prison, that's worse than going to county jail. To be honest, I, the, I was listening to a podcast the other day, just a clip, and they were talking about rape culture in American prisons. And it is just unbelievably rife. And there's legislation being passed to try and sort it out. But I mean, if you went to... That's one of the worst things. If you go to a proper prison in America, mm. and then you are... Well, it's American History yeah, X style. Yeah, 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 you're going to get graped. Graped? Group, gay raped. Gay ra- group raped. Oh, well, either... It will, you're it will. going to be left with a graping anus. <laughs> oh, That's terrible. awful. Sorry. Terrible. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. So let's have awful. a quick, very, look, we've done 53 minutes, I think. Talked about nothing. Not even entertaining. It's just a chat, in it? So let's talk about karma quickly. Okay. Because I said that karma exists. And I'm, I'm, it certainly doesn't. Right. Let me explain my theory on it. I don't think it exists necessarily good night thanks everybody (laughs) i don't necessarily believe it exists in a cosmic sense i i do lean towards that but i but i think there is an actual rational explanation for karma if you do bad things there is a debt that builds up that you have to pay who does it build up with how does it build up the the person themselves in themselves yes but it also builds up with people around you so are sociopaths immune to karma then because it, they won't, they won't know or care that they've done a bad thing. Well, I think most people don't know or care about karma, but no, no, no. But they won't know or they nor care they've done a bad thing. Agreed. So nothing could build up in that case. That's a fair point, but I think if you read John Ronson's book Psychopaths, you'll find that well, which I have, you you find that most psychopaths do end up getting their comeuppance. Yeah, uh, like that one who's literally the most powerful man in the world. <laughs> I, we could, okay, well, we could talk about Donald Trump as, as an but, example. But they, but they reckon, what is it, well, you know, 5% of CEOs are psychopaths or whatever it is, and it's like, well, yeah, you're hearing about the ones that have fallen down because that's an interesting story, not the ones that just get on in life. Do they get on in life? Just because they're a CEO doesn't mean they get on in life. The CEO of my the company that I've just left, he's a big fucking overweight guy, and he's on his third marriage. I, I reckon his life is he's probably... He's had sex with at least three women. <laughs> I reckon his life is probably <laughs> a bit lots of nice food. The point is, if you do something bad, you have to carry that around, and you know when you're not living congruent to yourself. And I think that for years, people couldn't escape their karma, but I do think it comes back. And it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen to good people. I'm not saying that, that it works like that, like a fucking weighing scale or something. I just think that you can't do bad things without it getting you in a mental level a cellular level a cellular level yes absolutely because your mentality like stress and knowing you're living incongruently and knowing you're living a lie and all of those kind of things and they affect your health it's undoubtable that your mentality affects your health and also if you're a cunt people will walk away from you yeah but if you're a cunt in a position of power people will suck up to you yeah that's true too but it doesn't mean that necessarily you're happy there is yeah but there is no but there is no car i think you're right in what you're saying that if you care about the stuff you're doing and know you're doing bad things, that will eat away at you. That you is can, not karma. Karma is the well, that's idea. What I'm, that's what, but that's what I'm talking about. I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about comeuppance, what goes around comes around. But I don't believe that either. 
I think there's a way you can... I'm just using the word karma. I'm not talking about a karmic wheel or any kind of fucking shit like that. I'm just saying, if you do bad things, in one way or another, even if it's minute, they will come back. And I do believe they come back with the full force of, of the level of the thing that you did, which was incongruent to what you, what you were meant to do anyway. If, if we're basing it on your mental discomfort with something, it'll come back at the level of mental discomfort you feel about it. Not how bad it is. So I've certainly felt a lot worse about pifflingly not that bad things than I have about things where objectively I've done that are a lot worse. Yeah, maybe that's true. Yeah, fine. I can accept that premise. But uh, but the point is... So, so the point is this isn't karma in any way. No, it is karma. Not, because, not, because, not, because not it the concept. You're just, it you just said I'm, talk, I'm not talking about actual karma. You can't use it. I'm just using no, the I word said, karma. I said I'm not talking about an actual karmic wheel. I'm not talking about some kind of Buddhist theology. Um, what I'm talking about is we manifest our own reality, right? Again, you can say, you can use that in a hocus-pocusy kind of magical sense, but we do. The, the, our perceptions of reality are our reality. If you feel bad about yourself, that is going to bring bad stuff back on you if you don't it's not right yeah, but if you not, feel good about yourself that's nothing to do with but if you what feel you do good about it's about yourself. how you interpret what you do sure but if you feel good about yourself and at the same time treat everybody like shit other people will be like this guy's an asshole you won't have real friends you won't have real partners you won't have real connections if we take the example of donald trump donald trump in a very materialistic way and a very like powerful way he's reached a pinnacle he's become president he's a billionaire he's like fuck you i'm he's super rich super powerful he says what he wants he's fucking mouthy and rude to everybody if you look at it from an external point of view he has everything money power respect serious proper power as well but how many people think donald trump's a fucking cunt half the world i don't think he cares about i think that. he does care about that I think, I think, yeah, but, even, but this is my point. Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, I do think he cares about it, which is why he spends the whole time going unfair and sad. Yeah, but he, he explains that way. These people are failing losers. Exactly, well, exactly. Because well, exactly, he's like, look, I've, I'm rich. Uh, it's like when someone had a go at him and he went, yeah, but I'm president and you're not, which was a brilliant, a brilliant, brilliant comeback. Um, and he makes a good point, but we all know that being president isn't the be-all and end-all of human existence. We all intrinsically know it's actually about love, happiness, connection, creativity, potential. It's not just, I'm in the highest office in the land. And, I mean, look at you look at the clips of Melania with her. Like when he she's t- the wife, not the daughter. Right? Yeah, yeah, she's the wife. And, like, when he turns around and she smiles and then her face goes stony in the mm. moment, moment and, and all of that, you can tell they've got a fucking terrible marriage. Don't mm. tell me that he goes home happy. And mm. has lovely sex and lies in bed with his wife, kissing her and stuff. That doesn't happen. He's got a lot of stuff externally. And that's what, and that's what I'm talking about. You could look at Donald Trump and go, he's got everything and he doesn't give a fuck. I mean, seriously, does Donald Trump act like a man who is happy? He's a fucking troll. He's a real-life troll of walking around, having a go at people, going, I'm better than you. Fuck you. Look, I've got this big gold building with my name on it. Look how fucking great I am. It's like... So anyway, that's, that's my theory. But anyway, you know the things what I just said about, but I'm president and you're not... I follow... Who's the Dilbert guy? The, oh, Scott Adams. I follow Scott Adams. Now, Scott Adams is quite unpopular because he's basically a Trump supporter. Yeah, yeah, And so... And he might claim he's not, but he is. Um, and people don't like him for that. He claimed he also had to leave his job because diversity pushed him out. And I don't know whether that's true, but... You know, like, he, we, we, we need an Asian woman to draw Dilbert three days a week. No, he was, <laughs> he, he, was in his, he was in his office job, and he, cl- he claims that he was actually told... Because you are. Well, a he white must male. have left his office job years ago. Dilbert's been going for like thirty years. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm, I'm just explaining why he's unpopular, okay. right? 
But he said something on Twitter, I don't know what it was, something fairly not controversial, but people are always like, ah, shut up, you dickhead. And one person said, ha ha, your Dilbert cartoon on television completely bombed, gutted or something like that. And he just wrote back, how's your television cartoon coming along? Yeah. And it's it just like the ultimate comeback. It was like so good. And I think that sums up so much of the world mm. that people are like, ah, yeah, you tried something and you failed. You didn't even try. Yeah. Well, again, going back to comedy, the the thing I would say think about bombing is if I stand up on stage and tell jokes for five minutes and no one laughs, that's exactly the same amount of laughs as I'm getting sitting at home. I wish it was that simple. It's not that even an equation. I'm convincing myself, <laughs> you prick. You're supposed to smile and nod. Bombing, bombing is just the like bomb, when I did those three gigs and I bombed hard three times in a row. I was like. I am this close to giving it up. It was like, oh, it was terrible. Bombing is just awful. And so I've got this gig on Wednesday and I need to visualise it going well because at the moment all I'm doing is visualising bombing. All the other comedians have died of a congenital heart defect. Yeah, so um But the, my point is, so much of life people will mock people for trying. Hmm. And I, I don't know if you read that article I wrote about Trumanism. I didn't. Fine, but in in that uh, right, have you seen the Truman Show? You have seen the Truman Show. Of course, I have. Hang on, loud bike, mate. We're doing a podcast. So, I watched Truman Show again the other day for the first time in like forever. And when I watched it as a kid, I didn't get the fact it's basically allegorical. It's about being held back in life and wanting more. And no, it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit guy who's in a like, reality <laughs> TV show from birth. Got ya. It's the guy from The Mask, Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. And in Ace Ventura, he talked out of his arse. Remember that? It was good stuff. Yeah, Ace Ventura is not a film that's aged well. Oh, I fucking love Ace Ventura and Ace Ventura 2, When Nature Calls. But when he kissed the guy and then there's a five-minute scene of him bleaching his mouth yeah. and brushing his teeth and puking and stuff. It's like, you wouldn't get away with that kind of homophobia now. It's a standard now. Yes. It's, yeah, it's still, still quite funny. Uh, yeah, oh, it's funny, but I'm just saying it hasn't aged well. But anyway, the point is, t- the people closest to Truman are all holding him back. You know, you don't want to go on an adventure. You don't want to leave Sea Haven. You don't want to, you know, you've got a great job. Why Why do you want to leave? You've got this and that. And I was like, fuck, this is exactly what happens in life. And I was like, after we after it ended, I basically ended up having a bit of an argument with Davina. Not an argument, but I ended up kind of running her going, this is, this is exactly corporate life because in corporate life you'd say to people because one and, of the- and did she say Jamie we have to sell the car now but one of the things um, but the thing about it is when I worked in offices and I would say to people yeah but the company don't care about us because we're a bottom line people would always be like no 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 that's not the case no they're really investing in us and they're investing in us to make you a better investment in terms of having mm. to pay you. They will sack you, and I've seen this happen loads of times, they'll sack you in the blink of a fucking eye. And they had this weird thing that a corporation is their friend, and it's like, they're a faceless machine there to generate there, money. There is a tiny chance that is true in small family companies. If you work for them, you know, and it's like, you have a connection with a guy who is the CEO, right? And there's like three of you working there. Yeah, I'm not saying it's definitely true, there's a chance of that. But yeah. for a- Even then, they're not going to tank the company for the sake of paying you. It's not a, fr- a friendship. It's a business transaction. Yes. It's a cost benefit, basically. Uh, but when you say that to people at work, they treat you like people on the Truman Show, where they were like, no, you're mad, mate. That's not the case. What are you talking about? No, this is great. And, and in life, when you try and do things, 
like when I wanted to go traveling, and the first thing that came out of my dad's mouth, with, with like that, without even having to think about it, was, wouldn't do that if I were you. Dangerous. Money. What? Well, you're going to lose your flat and then go traveling. Like, it was just a litany of fear-based mm. reasons not to go. It's amazing how in life, so many people don't want to lift you up. It rocks other people's fucking boats. Yeah, it does. Again, it's like, well, why should you not have to work in an office? And if I have to, it's, uh, you know, so it's, it's the incel thing again, isn't it? Yeah. Why, why do I have to be miserable and you be happy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't know what I'm going to do, mm. but whatever the case, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm going to say it here. I don't want to go back to the office. Yeah, no, say I'm never going back I'm to the office. I'm never going back to the office. Good. That's good. Yeah, yeah you said that you equivocated the there. Yeah, God, you see that? And can I also say, I'm not helping feed your kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Have you got a couple of hundred I could borrow? Just, <laughs> just for now. Just for now. Um, all right. Well, I think we've done loads on this fucking podcast. Have you got anything else to talk about? Do you want to plug anything? Uh, yeah, uh, my cash app is... <laughs> yeah. Well, what is that? You know when people like send tweets, right? And then it goes viral. And then like this, the tweet below is like, this is getting a lot of engagement. My cash app is... It. Is that just giving people money? Yeah. It's like donations. It's fucking ridiculous. Well, there's a website called Buy Me A Coffee and, and people can just go on there and give you a five or something. Why would you do that? Oh, yeah, but on one of the writing sites I, I write on, on there, they've got a thing called Send Me A Tip. And someone sent me a dollar... Yeah, but you've written an actual article, not just like... A tweet, yeah. Yeah, not just be like, the de- these teeth be making me think of <laughs> childhood, right? I don't know why. <laughs> and it's all like, ooh, 325,000. Like, like, get off your PlayStation, bitch. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but they saw me here giving me the feels. What, is that, what are you talking about? I don't understand. <laughs> why is that popular? <laughs> um... um so anyway, uh, someone sent me a dollar, someone sent me uh, $10, and someone sent me $20. Someone just fucking randomly went, oh, I'll give this person on the internet $20. I was like, well, I'll take your money. But, <laughs> but, but, still. <laughs> but I'm not blowing your drive. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so anything else? Nothing else to say? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Karma isn't real. Cambridge is quite nice. Yeah, but we did discuss that it, it, karma isn't real, but comeuppance is and that's what I'm talking about no comeuppance no comeuppance no comeuppance uh, yeah there you go uh, alright well I've been Jamie Jackson you are I'm, I'm Ian Irvin I guess I yeah. am oh, that's my stage name that's who I am uh, what's your website www.cashforgold.com oh ok well I'm www.jamiejacksonati.com why have you got a website uh, for writing as well oh, for, that makes for comedy sense. for podcast editing I know I don't have a website well sell myself these days mate ah, sell the package sell the, exactly sell the package yeah. let the incels know some yeah. incels <laughs> uh, alright bye bye because you know I've had over 1,000 rejections in real life 2,000 rejections online so that's 3,000 rejections total I aim as low as possible I aim for obese women ugly women ideally ugly and obese you know I aim for the bottom of the barrel rejected Girl, I just wanted to.
hold your hand, girl. Who showers every day anyway? What? No, I'm not fucking gay. I just want to hear you breathe. To watch you while you fall asleep. Girl, why you so fucking mean? I hope you die of ketamine. You owe me everything. I did it all for you. And yet you've given me nothing, huh? Who the fuck are you? Elliot says you owe me. Reddit says you better blow me. Four chances I should just kill you. Girl, I don't know what to do, but... When in cell, all along my life is swell and well. I hate you, you women don't know what's good in you. Fucking sex drive is all fucked up by hell in the door, but you still don't want to. anything just for a 300 pound ugly white girl i would fight in the front lines the bloodiest battle the world has ever seen and come back with no limbs if it meant that that would guarantee me an ugly fat chick for life notices me before I take this 